Welcome to Bare Roots, the podcast that unearths the truth. Allegedly. We're your hosts. I'm Alina. And I'm Shannon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bare Roots Podcast. Today, we are talking about one of the most famous prehistoric monuments, and that is Stonehenge. Shannon, how are you feeling about today's episode? Alina, we did not plan the timing of this episode, but we could not have planned it better. And I think I know why, but continue. (laughs) So we're recording (laughs) it today on December 20th, which is the day before the winter solstice. And that's true. As we get into the episode, we will know that Stonehenge may or may not have some links to the different solstices. And I myself (laughs) am (laughs) having a little solstice party tomorrow. And by party, I mean my roommate and my boyfriend are coming over. (laughs) Party of three. Party of three. (laughs) But the last few years, I've been trying to acknowledge the seasons a little bit more. Not in like a, well, this is like definitely the most over the top one that I've done so far. (laughs) But, you know, it's just like a little thing. Like on the spring equinox, I buy myself fresh flowers. You know, like just something Mm -hmm. nice to acknowledge it just because I think it's it's just a nice thing to do. Yeah, yeah. But this year I decided to do a full on solstice party. And that means after work, it's a Tuesday. So after work, no electricity. We're going to just have candlelight. We're going to, I have like a whole menu, but we may or may not have a fire going in the fire pit. Unfortunately, we do not have a fireplace at our current place. We're going to play board games, card games. It's going to be a great time. (laughs) You know, I was going to suggest if you go on Netflix or you could do YouTube and doing a little uh, Mm -hmm. fire, like a little place thing. But then you said no electricity, so... I guess that nicks out yeah. the idea. I am making exception to have music and mm. I'm making exception to keep our Christmas tree lights on. We have to do mm. that. I like that. Um, but yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. And then maybe there's going to be another one next year. Maybe this is like the first annual. I would yeah. love that. <laughs> I know when I was researching, I was like, oh, But it's also great timing because of a little experience that I had this weekend. Oh, yes. Yes. So I went on a little moonlit walk in the woods here in Maine with my boyfriend. And we, I thought like, oh, I love moonlit walks. Like, love it, love it, love it. So peaceful, so great. And as we were walking, I thought, you know, I'm kind of scared. I don't, I don't know. I I don't, I don't really like this. Why don't I like this? And then I realized that maybe I only like moonlit walks in areas that I know, or when I'm around a good group, like a good big group of people, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I've done both of those things and maybe not in a random woods with just one other person. And (laughs) we had a flashlight in every stump that we like every stump that I saw, I'm like, oh my God, is that somebody crouched over there? Oh my God. Terrifying. But, you know, we get to the top of the hill. It's pretty. The It's almost a full moon. It's nice. It's clear night pointing out different constellations. Beautiful. Great. But then mm-hmm. we go down the other side of the hill because it's a loop trail and we kept losing the trail. At one point, you know, he has the flashlight and I see this like pillar further up on the path. It's like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And it's a granite pillar 
that's like probably up to, I don't know, my hips. And it's not like a manufactured, like it's not rectangular square. It's like a chunk of granite sticking out of the ground with smaller chunks around the base. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what is this? Kind of like a Karn or Karen. I don't know what they're, how they're pronounced. The, you know, rock formations on top of mountains, but those little uh, piles of rocks. Okay. But instead of a pile of rocks, mm-hmm. it's one chunk of granite sticking upright. And then we walk a little bit further and we turn and there's a little dip in a different trail. And I was like, what's that? And there were like 25 of these things in this kind of clearing. Oh my and God. It wasn't in a circle per se, but they were definitely deliberately placed there. And I was like, uh this feels witchy and of so course witchy and you're in like a moonlit walk i know the- and we have a flashlight and i'm like oh my god and of course he wants to go and see it i'm like i don't know about this and we walk down mm-hmm. and she's like okay i want to get out of here now and yeah abort mission abort mission and i tried at, like we got out we we lost the trail again but finally and i'm like oh my god Whoever is in that stone circle is going to come and get me. (laughs) But we did make it back to the car and we did make it home. But I tried looking up this hill in this town and what these granite pillars were for. Nothing. Couldn't find anything. It's like, Mm -hmm. what is this? Because they were, it wasn't like an outcropping of granite. It was very much people placed them there. So, yeah. So weird. Because I've definitely seen, you know, in our town, old historic stone walls and oh yeah know no. that they they're like you know they've definitely served a purpose at some point but you can like visualize it mm-hmm. understand it no but no fully upright like 25 of them Freaky. i now i want to research how close is the nearest granite i imagine it's probably there is a lot of it but the fact that it's just upright and like a bunch of them yeah yeah, and it wasn't like there was moss over them. Like they were very, they don't, they kind of looked newish, and I just didn't like really it, deep. man. Yeah, so I don't like it. And then you're doing this episode. I know, it's a lot. I know. I'm like, this is timely. So I had my own uh, stone circle experience <laughs> right before this episode. <laughs> um, all's well that ends well. <laughs> That's right. That's what T Swift says too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I know there's like a lot of things. I feel like there's a lot, even though we're talking about the Stonehenge right now, I feel like we could find a lot of similar things, especially on the East Coast. I don't know. Maybe they're like Native American related. Mm. You don't think uh, so? They didn't look that old. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Now I'm a little spooked. My dad does have a dream of one day opening up Stonehenge West, is what he calls it, and building mm-hmm. his own Stonehenge and opening up a tourist attraction in New England. <laughs> That's one of his People goals. People may come. <laughs> People may come. But today we are talking about the original Stonehenge, which actually, that might be inaccurate. There are a lot of henges, but you know what we're talking about. The Stonehenge that you think of in your head, we all know it. That's right. And I've been there. Oh, yeah, you did go there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. I studied abroad in London for our listeners. That was one of our fun weekend trips to go to Stonehenge. That's so cool. Yeah. Any impressions on you, Alina? 
you know, it's a bunch of rocks. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think you need to have a deep appreciation of the history, you know, and kind of like the wonders of Stonehenge. But I will say it is true. I mean, not that like people are lying about it, but it is strange when you are driving through it. You're just in like countryside, just nothing but rolling grass. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you just see these random stones in these, you know, Mm -hmm. peculiar format, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it sticks out for sure. (laughs) Even if you're just driving by it, let's just say it was never attraction or anything. Like it is weird (laughs) based on its location. So there's a lot of mystery. And today we are going to talk about it. That's right. First, we're going to talk about the on the record story. So Stonehenge is actually 5,000 years old, which I don't know if I remembered how old it was. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Like, it's just so weird to think about. The U.S. is only maybe like 300 years old. And think about the Civil War, think about the American Mm -hmm. Revolution. That seems so long ago, but that is infantry compared to 5,000. Yeah, this is 3,000 BC we're talking about. Yeah. This is a new Stone Age into early Bronze Age. And I want to know what a henge was. You know, like, what is this? What exactly Mm -hmm. is a henge? Is this just an English word for something that we have in the U.S.? Or (laughs) is this its own thing? So a henge is very specific. A henge is a prehistoric circular or oval earthen enclosure that includes a ring of mounded earth with a ditch on the inside. So most don't have stones, but there are some that do like Stonehenge. And there are some that have wooden structures on the inside of the rings. Mm. They're almost like totem poles that would stick out of the ground for some of them. And there are fewer than a hundred left in the United Kingdom, but they were very popular. And something that I read this morning was that a lot of them they didn't even know existed until the um, till World War Two mm. or World War One when they were flying around they could see from the air all the different formations that you couldn't really notice from the ground but from above you could mm-hmm. Stonehenge is actually not a proper henge because the ring mound is on the inside with a ditch on the outside. So typically, again, the ditch is on the inside. So it's the reverse order. Mm. I wanted to know also at this time, like, what were these people like? You know, because we, Mm. you think cavemen, but this is not cavemen. We are beyond the cavemen stage. Yes. At this time, people were in small settlements. They grew crops and they raised cattle and pigs. So yeah, they're, they're growing, they're farmers, they're, cattle ranchers i don't know if you can use that for england <laughs> but they are doing their thing and their climate was actually similar to what we have now so they have the wind you know they have full seasons pretty much like a new england type vibe yeah yeah okay like east coast okay mm-hmm. they did have some pottery and stone and wood tools and they actually did have some textiles which they found a couple fibers and that's pretty impressive they think that they still wore you know animal skins and stuff but they did actually Mm -hmm. make some textiles and most people stayed within their settlement but there is evidence that people did travel just by the different tools and such that were being brought around there was no currency yet so we don't have any coins or anything but there's trading between different groups Stonehenge is definitely unusual thing for these types of people because a lot of their buildings are not 
you know, they're kind of like not temporary structures, but you know what I mean? Like they're not going to last millennium mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. here clearly mm-hmm. Stonehenge has. So it's a little bit obviously unusual that they would take the time and the energy to build something like this. And then, like, you know, that's of course what is yep. all the allure for Stonehenge. We don't really know why any of these henges were made. Again, there were many, many, many across the UK. They weren't for defense because the ditches were on the inside and not the outside. Again, Stonehenge is the ex- the um, exception to that rule, but every other henge is the opposite. They obviously would have taken a lot of effort to be made, so they must have been important to these people. And of course, the obvious idea is that they are of some spiritual significance to the people that mm-hmm. build them. Mm-hmm. And in the ditch that's around the outside, they found pottery and animal bones. And they're not sure if this was like almost like an offering place. You know, you like toss in something as you because there mm-hmm. is an entrance to the to Stonehenge. So like maybe as you're walking in, you have to offer something up, something like mm-hmm. that. So they are thinking maybe the center of the circle was a place of religious ritual or a place of kind of like having a place to have hearings in the cent- in the settlement. Like this is a place where the community gathers mm-hmm. and the main leader gives speeches or mm-hmm. a place like that, you know? We know that much later on, the Romans visited often because Roman artifacts have been found there. And it's a possibility that it was also a place of ritual importance for them, which is really wild to think that this is, I mean, this is significantly before even the Romans. Yeah. It's a long, long time ago. (laughs) So Stonehenge was a part of a big system of monuments and prehistoric sites and It was built over many, many phases. And this is something that I didn't know either. Like you just think of the stone circle, Stonehenge, that's that. But there are a lot Mm -hmm. of different mounds and I guess like inner working of ditches like around the area that we don't really know what they looked like way back when, but there were a lot of burial mounds. There were a lot of different things. And if you go on to, I think it's like English heritage website Mm. they have Mm -hmm. a lot of cool visuals of the whole site so for stonehenge itself phase one was creating the circular ditch with the inner and the outer bank and this was again probably about 3000 bc the area was a 100 meters in diameter and had two entrances there were probably timber structures inside originally and they found 56 pits for those uh, timber structures. Again, people think that they were totem pole kind of posts, but some people think that they might have held smaller stones at the time. Mm-hmm. There have been 64 cream- cremations that have been found in the area. And this could be about as many as 150 different individuals that were buried here, making it the largest Neolithic cemetery in the British Isles. It's just crazy to me that they can find this stuff, you know? Like, it's so old. Yeah, it's so old. So much history. It's, like, so much time has gone by that, like, even if you're not thinking about the original concept of it, like, what did people do? I don't know, maybe, like, 3,000? No, I know. This. I know. That's That's the crazy thing, because we could have so much more information if these places didn't get ruined across Mm -hmm. the centuries there's i forget when they said that the first 
recording of things being found at Stonehenge was, but you know that people were digging up stuff all through the time. And just think of like the Middle Ages. People mm-hmm. are just going through there. They're taking out stuff. We could know so much more if it was left untouched. But of course, people have lived in this area forever. And even if it was of significant port- importance to you in a few hundred years, it might not be as significantly important to those people. And so mm-hmm. they'll just like dig up whatever and pull out rocks and <laughs> do all kinds of stuff. If only everything could go like Pompeii and be covered with ash. So it's perfectly preserved. <laughs> True. <laughs> so that was the first structure that was at the Stonehenge site. But then phase two was we're bringing in the big stones. We're bringing in what we know now and what we see now. Mm. So there are two types of stones. There are the sarsen stones and the smaller blue stones. And they were arranged in a unique layout. Again, this isn't normal henge. You very, very rarely saw pillars with lintels on them for this time period. So this is extremely unique. And the website that I was looking at, they said they described it as a huge effort by well-organized people. And Mm. like... That seems like very vague, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll dive into this later, people. (laughs) It's just a huge effort. They were really well organized, that's all. Okay. Was it even by people? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. It is thought that the blue stones, they they were brought in first from Wales. So this was, I saw varying accounts, but like... 100 to 150 miles away and Mm. the blue stones are two to five tons a piece which i'm really bad with tonnage i don't really know what a ton means it like means nothing to me um (laughs) it's a ton it's a ton (laughs) so two to five tons (laughs) is about a car to an ambulance size like that's what we're lifting here Mm. they found where the rocks came from in wales and there in Wales, they are naturally kind of vertical pillars. So they would relatively be easy to break apart into tall standing structures. Mm-hmm. The workers would have lowered them onto wooden sledges and then dragged them to England is what they is what like the on the record theory is of how they mm. moved these so mm-hmm. far. And they said that they could, it could have been kind of like a fairly fast task and maybe do it in a summer kind of thing if Mm. they had the whole wooden track already in place. You know what I'd like to talk about right now, now that you're saying it? Uh Let's just talk about if they could do it in a summer, like relatively fast, you know, with this much, this big task with the amount of people and what they're given equipment wise. Tell me why we struggle (laughs) as a country when it comes to infrastructure construction like my goodness potholes in the roads they last for years 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 guys where the bridge in our hometown is it ever gonna get fixed (laughs) (laughs) it's it never we have (laughs) we have the equipment we have the resources to get it done but no you know alina it's because this was done before currency and they did it by the power of their will you know they just (laughs) wanted it so bad yeah yeah if these people can do it then we we gotta do better we gotta be better be better (laughs) (laughs) romans also made incredible roads that were yeah 
very very they held they stood the test of time a lot better than ours do that's for sure (laughs) then says something (laughs) so that was the blue stones and these are the stones that are i believe they're on the inner circle now the later i like how (laughs) the time is so funny here because Again, we're talking thousands of years. They're like, yeah, yeah, later they brought in these SARS and stones. And it was like centuries later, like literally 500 <laughs> years later. They're like, yeah, well, we'll <laughs> we need a renovation. <laughs> Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the large SARS and stones, they are about 25 tons, which is roughly the weight of a fire truck. So a lot bigger. That's a lot. And, but they were coming from a lot closer. So they were only about 20 miles away. And apparently they know that they were shaped in a field that's just north of Stonehenge, just by like the stone chips that they could find in this layer of soil. And they were chipped with Sarzen and Flint hammer stones. Cause we don't, again, this is end of the new stone age and the beginning of the bronze age. So like metals kind of, mm. you know, a little tough, mm-hmm. you know, it's still... Mm-hmm the new high tech. <laughs> so it's a, it's a lot of stone on stone is what we're working with. And they were also talking about the ropes and I was like, oh my God, how do they make ropes? And they would yes. take different parts of trees and shave down and just make a fibrous rope. And yeah, so it's like, I don't know how one, if you don't have vines, like how do you make rope? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Excellent but, question. Uh, yeah. They're saying that just different things from the forest. Oh, and it was a lot of fields here. A lot of it was cleared, kind of like wh- how it is presently, which mm-hmm. I was wondering that. I'm like, was this all forest? And they had to clear out all the trees to put this in. Yeah. But there were forests nearby, but this had been cleared out a long time before or had always been cleared out, question mark. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that they had grooves in them. So they actually shaped the stones to fit with each other. And they had tongue and groove joints and like mortise and tenons, which is, I think, pretty advanced. And I'm kind of like, oh. this is, that's pretty impressive. Like, we don't have the wheel mm-hmm. yet, but we do have mortise and tenon joints. That's, that's pretty good. It's impressive. According to the English Heritage site, quote, to erect a stone, people dug a large hole with a sloping side. The back of the hole was lined with a row of wooden stakes. The stone was then moved into position and hauled upright using uh, plant fiber ropes and probably a wooden A-frame. The weights may have been used to help tip the stone upright. And then the hole was packed securely with rubble. Timber platforms were probably used to raise the horizontal lintels into position. Then the final stage of shaping the tenons took place to ensure good fit into the mortise holes of the lintel. And... I just want to put that in there because that's like on the record of how they built it. But obviously mm-hmm. nobody really knows. And because all of these, you know, all of these tools and things are long, long gone because they're just made out mm-hmm. of wood or stone. But yeah, I just don't really like I can picture them getting the pillar into the ground. I just really mm-hmm. can't picture how they get the the lintel up there because <laughs> they just exactly. say the, yeah, the, ho- the horizontal yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. Timber platforms were probably used to help raise the lintels into position. Like, what does that mean? That feels big. I agree. But I agree. I'm also not a builder. So, I mean, they built a lot of crazy stuff later on in life. (laughs) And I mean, (laughs) in history with very little things, you know, like a lot of cathedrals in Europe. Crazy. 
but we didn't have pulleys. I don't think we had, they didn't have pulleys here. So it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, that's on the record. That's how they did it. Mm-hmm. Here we go. <laughs> what makes it so like mysterious? Yeah. Yeah. We don't know how, we don't know why. Mm-hmm. And for yep. what? We don't know. We don't know. Just because I didn't know this, two miles away from Stonehenge, there's Woodhenge, which is cute. That's nice. Stonehenge <laughs> and Woodhenge. And they believe that there's a relationship between the two due to their proximity because two miles is very close to have two henges. Yeah. They both line up with the solstices pretty well. So they're thinking that maybe there would be a ceremony at Woodhenge, maybe in the morning of the winter and summer solstice. And then the whole mm-hmm. group would travel to Stonehenge and have the sunset there something like that is what they're thinking but there is a little I don't know monument to Woodhenge because obviously the wood's not there anymore but they have these concrete pillars that are that mark where it would have been so if you're in the area there are two hinges you can see. <laughs> check it out but yeah that's what's on record it was a little bit of a um, you know kind of like a glossed over version of it but that is on record. And like Alina said, there's a lot of mystery behind it. There's a lot of things we don't know. There's a lot of guessing here and just assumptions. So we will get into some of the theories that people have. Yeah. But uh, before we do, we got to first hear a word from our sponsors. Alrighty, let's take a dive into some of the questions people have because it's interesting how for such a simple infrastructure, I don't know if you will, you know, just a bunch of stones put together. So many questions about the hows, the whats, the whys, and we're going to go all into it. So how? So again, as Shin was talking about, we're trying to move cars, ambulances, fire truck size things. And we're trying to create something that has never really been created. Where did they even get this whole vision mm. to build something like this? Mm-hmm. And how, if they didn't even have a wheel, how? And so people have some ideas of how. And I think it's really important to start with the basics, that being <laughs> aliens. <laughs> it's obvious. It's so obvious. And it's honestly, it's pretty... I don't want to say it's well argued, but it's pretty like up there in people's (laughs) beliefs. Yeah, they could possibly have something in it. So this is kind of traced back to a book published in 1968 by a guy named Eric Dinkin. And it is called Chariots of the Gods, question mark, Unsolved Mysteries (laughs) of the Past. And it suggests that the Stonehenge was built by visiting aliens, or at least that they provided the necessary knowledge and technologies to build it, which I think is quite interesting. Mm. And people are confused. And I kind of touched upon this earlier when I went to go visit it. But if you go there, um, you'll notice that it's just like these stones randomly in this place considering it's surrounded by grassland so people are trying to like put two together like why this location like how as we were discussing I think the biggest thing people talk about is just the uniqueness of having the horizontal stones kind of forming the arches if you will Mm -hmm. and it's engineered so that they were flat on the sloping site so it's like all of those intricate little details you were talking about just how did they know how to do this given the lack of technology and without metal it would have been 
so labor intensive to shape these vast stones using stone on stone. So people think that aliens might have just, you know, planted a little seed, a little bug. And this is not just about the stone hedge. Like this is also an argument for the pyramids, which we Mm. can definitely do an episode. I'd love to do one on the pyramids. But just, yeah, like, could there be an outside source that we can't even comprehend influencing what we see today? But why, Alina? Why would the aliens want that? (laughs) I don't know. Like, they just want to share their knowledge. Like, what does this mean? Is this a landmark for the aliens? Why? And how? Like, like touch down here? Yeah. And were they given supplies? Were the people by the aliens to create the Stonehenge? (sighs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But there's another theory. It's a folklore. It's a legend. And it's called Merlin and the Giant. It was written in the 12th century. And it says that the stone circle was originally from Africa. And that the giants brought it to Ireland to be a place of healing. So it has like these healing powers. Mm -hmm. And later Merlin had the giants move it to where it is now. And made it a monument to honor the Brits that were killed fighting the Saxons. And these were the Germanic people in the Middle Ages. So it's kind of like a symbolism, kind of like a little bit of a cemetery mm-hmm. meets healing spiritual place. When we say Merlin, we of course mean the wizard from yes. King Arthur. Yes. I just like how the giants bring it from Africa to Ireland and then Merlin's like, hey, can you move it over here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't want it in Ireland. I want it over here. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think we should move it over here. Like, this place is speaking to me. Yeah. There's actually yeah. a very, very old painting that shows this. Again, this was written in 12th century. So this is quite old. But yeah. And I think they said it was like the first image of, you know, Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. but and I just kind of love these theories because beyond the people just kind of figuring it out um somehow yeah. <laughs> some way it's we have these two far out theories like aliens or giants right <laughs> those are the only two options yeah which just I feel like that proves just how mysterious it is people still have questions like there's just no other I mean we talked about what's on the record but there's just like nothing else that really like, satisfies our questions right yeah yeah and again the on the record stuff i'm sure somebody i'm sure somebody has tested it out to see if it was possible but we're still just guessing and yeah i mean we'll never really know i'm sorry never yeah i cut to the chase but (laughs) (laughs) shannon why (laughs) maybe if i could go back in time i would go then just to see what what's what was going on there mm, yeah, like get, yeah, yeah get the inside do you think there's a do you remember if there was a magic treehouse book on this because i would love Ooh, to read good it question maybe i mean there's so many there's so there many. really are so many i'm not seeing a stonehenge magic treehouse i am mm. seeing like a king arthur one okay. but it, i'm not seeing it unfortunately so maybe we can send in a request is she still writing them (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's like 500 now (laughs) (laughs) but anyway yeah those are some of the how theories yes now let's dive into the whys why the stonehenge what could it mean 
So originally, researchers thought it was a druid temple, which means the educated of high-ranking class of the Celts. And later, we found out that the Stonehenge was built 2,000 years before the Druids. So many people who practice Druid beliefs today still use it as a pilgrimage site. So it's kind of like, mm, things don't really add up right. with that logic, considering right. the timeline. Like, we originally thought it was this. So like, sure, Druid temple. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. But then they did some carbon dating when they could do that. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, but I mean... They still use it as a site, yeah, which is it. cool. You know, we're not gonna, yeah, yeah, go for <laughs> it. <laughs> um, it just might not be the real reason, perhaps. Yeah, there's another theory of what it could be, and it's related to it being connected to like the solar calendar, which we mentioned earlier, and it lines up perfectly with the rising sun of the summer sol- solstice and also with the winter as well from what I was researching. So yeah, something with the solstices um, as a calendar and people believe they used it to mark the seasons, which can be, you know, that's very helpful. So that makes sense. And given they were farmers and they were dependent on the seasons, this would have really helped them survive and just kind of plan a little bit, um, knowing what to expect. So some archeologists believe that this area was the intersection between adjacent territories. So Stonehenge may have been a seasonal gathering place for different groups of people, which I kind of love a little kumbaya moment. I know, I love a little block party, like get everybody together. Yeah. Stonehenge. There's, um, I wonder if they had any sort of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it, I love, love, love it. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's the shortest day of the year, time for us to wean back, you know, mm-hmm. on the thing. But if it's summer, it's the longest day, like, let's go all out, you know, but we'll celebrate, we'll come see you, come join us here. We'll make right. it a mark. You can't miss it. Right. It's, it's the like rock on the right, you know? <laughs> it's the rock on the right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the county fair. You can't not yeah. go. Yeah, people want to celebrate. And I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, for like another theory of like why and like what it could be connected to is kind of like a graveyard situation. This could have been connected to really high ranking individuals. So there's some evidence that there was a henge in Wales where the blue stones came from that was dismantled and brought over to the English site that we know today. And the timing works out that it would have been dismantled around the same time as Stonehenge was built. Interesting. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. So some researchers think that the people that lived around Stonehenge came from Wales and basically brought the henge with them because it had ancestral importance or really any importance. It's kind of like, you know, it's actually interesting that I'm really thinking about it. When people like pack, you don't really pack light. You know, it's like, let's bring (laughs) you know, like, let's do this. (laughs) Can't leave that behind. (laughs) Can't leave these rocks Uh, behind. Yeah, we got to bring it over. And so perhaps the first group that came over built the henge in wood as a temporary measure until the whole crew came by with the blue stones. And they analyzed teeth that they found because, again, you know, there were bodies that were found. So we got to do this. Mm-hmm. And they found that people that lived around the Stonehenge weren't originally from there. So that kind of checks out. Mm-hmm. 
And they theorize that maybe the stones mark important ancestors or deaths, and they wanted to erect a new one where they are living now. So it's kind of like, let's keep up the whole tradition, the culture. That was my great-great-grandfather. We got to bring him along. Yep. Can't leave him in Wales. That's right. Researchers are not sure why they needed to leave Wales, but they do know that this time marks a period of unity of different Neolithic tribes. Maybe they needed to unite for defense or another sort of political reason, and they brought their ancestral stones with them to help cement themselves in the new community. And with all of the cremations found there, they believe that it continued to be a graveyard for the people. So there's definitely something mm-hmm. related to the graveyard. Was it the whole hard reason? Like, we don't know, but there's definitely some sort of connection. It's kind of cool or funny if it's just like a community center. We got the graveyard, we got it's the event space, mm-hmm. it's the town hall, it's like a multi purpose <laughs> space. I was yeah. seeing that some other theories were that it was like a, a music hall. So like, if you oh. have ever sung in the center of this, it, the acoustics are crazy. It's like, well, I think it's because you're singing in the center of a yeah. stone circle. You know, like I, I yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if it's for music necessarily, but maybe they did have parties in there and it sounded great. Don't know. Another one I saw was that it was just a uh, <laughs> like a team building exercise. Yeah. Because it was talking about how these tribes are uniting. They're like, yeah, they just really wanted to get them united. So they gave them this really hard task to put everything together. Just like, I don't know, man. Trust falls are just so much easier than making Stonehenge. Yeah, it's like, this is quite an exercise if that is the case. It really, really is. And then another one said that it was like a health spa kind of go with the healing, which I like. I like that. Yes, I like that. I like that a lot. Where's your your tinfoil high on the why? Like, what do you think it is or was used for? Um, I think it was probably a mix of the two, to be honest. I like the idea of it working with the people coming from Wales over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think, obviously, there were a lot of questions as to why they had to move from Wales. And I don't know, maybe it was a plague kind of situation maybe it was they were getting attacked and they had friends over in England Mm -hmm. but I do like that theory but there's undoubtedly a connection to astronomy so yes yes maybe just has multiple purposes like maybe it does signify their ancestors but they also believe that their ancestors are up in the sky Mm -hmm. and that's the connection potentially what about you I agree with you I think it serves like a multiple purposes and i'm definitely not denying the the graveyard i think there's for sure evidence Mm. of something to connect that but when i think stonehenge and even after doing the research i still just to me like my number one is the calendar yeah the seasons and whatnot like with the sun it just to me that makes a lot of sense like what is time but we don't have time so let's create (laughs) it by using the sun and then the seasons I don't know I just and I think people are really smart and clever and I don't really know how they did it but I definitely think somehow some way they might have maybe not I don't want to say the word technology but they had something and were very 
innovative and whatever and however they did this. Yeah, I definitely don't think we give people enough credit. Yeah. Ancient people enough credit. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of like a fun project considering that there's not a lot to do, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I wonder how bored. That's what I was thinking. Not in this sense, but I was recently thinking about like back in the day if when you moved via covered wagon out west and you Mm. moved to like South Dakota and you lose your mind because there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. You can't even go to a craft store and pick up a new hobby, you know, like right. you have yeah. all this free time, supposedly, and you just have no resources to keep yourself busy. <laughs> and it's similar to this. Like how, yeah. how many hobbies could you have? Exactly. That's what I think too. Yeah. So Stonehenge was just a hobby project. That is exactly what it is. It comes down to it at the end of the day. An intricate hobby. It's like a morale booster, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's like they're in the grasslands. You know, imagine the people who didn't want to become farmers and they wanted another profession. Like, this is an excellent, (laughs) you know, thing to work on. Yeah. It is odd that there's not much other stone stuff around. You think that the they would, like try to build like it on that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like maybe you got some masons out of this project but then yeah. they were never used again interesting yeah interesting i will say the the alien idea is really fun to me like i really like the alien like idea is always it. fun it always it's, is fun. yeah like it, it piques my interest <laughs> <laughs> Well, that concludes today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed this ancient mystery that we are still confused about to this day. So we'll see you guys next week. We'll have another fabulous episode. But in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Bear Roots Pod, B-A-R-E-E. And we'd love to hang out with you there. So until next time, bye. Bye. I love those books. You actually got me into those books. You influenced me. You're like a little influencer back in the day to me. Back in the fourth grade. (laughs) It was. Did we read those in third? (laughs) And then we kind of graduated into the series of unfortunate events. Right, right, right. Sorry, sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) By eighth grade, we were reading Twilight. (laughs) Yep.